Hello and welcome to the Telehealth OT podcast where occupational therapists, parents, caregivers, and patients share their telehealth stories. My name is Dr. Reina Oliveira and I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services where we specialize in working with children with autism and also provide education and trainings to occupational therapists about telehealth. I have been able to share my story with the world and now I am extremely happy to give others the opportunity to do the same. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Telehealth OT podcast. Today's guest is Gina. Gina is a mom of a child with autism. I posted something on one of the groups asking for any parents who have had any experience with occupational occupational therapy via telehealth. And Gina said, yes, I do. And so now here we are. I know absolutely nothing about Gina, so I will be learning right alongside with you all. Gina, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your child? Sure. Um, Hi, I'm Gina Thomas. I have a seven-year-old with um, high-functioning autism, ADHD, SPD, anxiety, and a host of other medical issues. Wow. How early, uh, boy or girl? Girl. Girl. How early did she get diagnosed with autism? Five and a half. Five and a half. And were you getting occupational therapy for her from that time? Before, um, we suspected uh, sensory issues earlier on. Okay. From the get-go, she was a toe walker. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I was a special ed teacher by you know, professional background and uh, ABA therapist before I got oh, married. Okay, so you had and so yeah, you know when I eat. Like, you know, when kids are toe walking and I'm like, oh, <laughs> however, she continued on. So um, we started with OT when she was three and a half and four around that age. Okay. Um, yeah. About four and a half was when she had her second MMR booster. And then that's when she started to show more of a ACD symptoms. Okay. And so it took about a year for, um, but we knew when we saw the symptoms, so we started the diets um, right away. And then we continued on the OT. Um, we've had different ther- OT therapists along the way, but um, yeah, she still has OT. So when did you start telehealth OT? Was it due to COVID? Yes and no. Um, she had to have her teeth with amalgam fillings extracted so that we can start mercury uh, chelation. And that was right before the lockdown, uh, COVID lockdown. And we kind of saw that coming on like February, January, February, when China started to have their numbers up. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to get it soon. So, um, and so we scheduled for the amalgam feeling uh, or teeth extraction date to be sometime in April. And we were like, no, hospitals are not going to accept. So that was in March. Mm. And we're like, no, by then they're going to be flooded with COVID patients and they're not going to. So we moved up the date for sometime in March. And in order to be under OR or under anesthesia, she had to be healthy. So we stopped all therapies because of it. Oh. And um, so because of it, we stopped all the therapies and then the lockdown happened. 
thankfully she she was able to get the teeth extracted before um, um, you know they were not, they were not scheduling non-essential surgeries. So anyway, so because of it, and then because of the COVID lockdown, we couldn't go anywhere anyway. So we started the telehealth. mid-April. Okay. Was it the same OT or was it, it was the same OT. So what was that transition like for you and for the OT? How were you involved in the sessions beforehand? Yes and no. Um, She tends to focus more when I'm not there. So I would drop her off and then pop in again about you know, halfway through the session. So I can still kind of learn what the OT is doing. And then the OT and I would have like, you know, a wrap up chat session uh, towards the end of the session. So um, with telehealth, there were times when it was just consultation uh, regarding food issues. Um, And so um, I had watched, she and I had both uh, separately just happened to uh, watch same thing about the food um, sensitivity issues mm-hmm. webinar from a different OT. And from there, we just decided to work on food issues. And so we were just kind of brainstorming a plan. So one session was just consultation regarding the food issues. Um, other times, she and I would spend about 10 minutes about updates of what happened uh, during the week. And then towards the end of the session, then she will give me, you know, um, just practical suggestions, what to do for the following week. Okay. Um, For the bulk of it is her doing one-to-one session with my daughter. Okay. So has your, do you know, has your daughter's engagement gotten um, better or worse with the, the OT? I, I would say it is easier when she's in person. Mm. So this week on Friday, actually tomorrow, we're going to actually go to the OT their office. office. Mm-hmm. It's about half an hour. But um, at home, she's got so many other toys. or you know, It's easier for her to hide if she doesn't want to work on the food issues, challenges. Gotcha. And so it's easier for her to run away or hide under the desk and pretend she's not there. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, versus, you know, one-to-one session, the OT's right there and there's no more tied. There's nowhere so, to go. Yeah, so, it, it, you know, um, there's pros and cons, but I, just to get money's worth for now, while the um, state is allowing us to go to, you know, therapies, Yeah. Um, before the next lockdown, we're going to take the opportunity to go to the office. To go in. Gotcha. So besides um, the feeding issues, what other kind of goals have you been working on? Well, we've been working on uh, clothing sensitivities. Um, she just turned seven. And so I had to change her dresser from six year clothes to seven years. Even though they're all tag free and you know, soft cotton clothes, I did not realize the inseams really bothered her. Mm. So I had to have a session with uh, the OT regarding how to help, you know, just brushing and joint compression, Kegel massage, and coming up with a visual plan to help my daughter, you know, choose the week's clothes ahead of time, put it on a rack, and so she can just go there and pick 
anyway, so just kind of that kind of stuff we've been working on as well. Um, uh, primitive, uh, the what is retaining primitive uh, reflexes, mm -hmm. uh, um, exercises. Uh, what else? Um, some gross motor. Um, we haven't done PT at all, and of course we can't do PT via telehealth. So um, she's been doing some uh, gross motor stuff as well. You can't do PT via telehealth because the provider doesn't provide it, or well, why? No, um, there it's at a hospital. Oh, okay, it's hospital based. Yeah, so it's the hospital. It's not yeah. Not doing it. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. What does your daughter struggle um, with gross motor wise? Um, th th there are several things. She is she has um, gross motor wise. She when she first got diagnosed, she was. Um, about two to three years behind in gross motor sequencing and planning skills. Mm -hmm. um, so we start to supplement um, phosphatidylcholine and start a PT. Since we can't do PT, we have seen a lot of regression in gross motor skills, just endurance, physical endurance, and upper body strength and stuff like this. So whenever it is time for um, gross motor activities with the OT via telehealth, she, they, we really have to pull it out of my daughter to be motivated to do the lunges or jumping jacks or whatever it is. They just have to make, we have to make a game out of it. Uh, we have been doing um, uh, cosmic kiss yoga and some other yoga that is more game-based. Yeah. Video game-based. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? The um, Go Noodle. Have you tried that? No. What's that? Yeah. Go Noodles. Like all these fun videos on YouTube and the kids like dance and there's like okay. all these, all these funny dances and yeah, it's pretty, it's, I don't know. It's kind of silly. They have all sorts of different videos, but the kids love it. Like yeah, I put it on once for my daughter. She's singing the song like all the time now. <laughs> okay. So um, one of the benefits that, that I see with telehealth from my perspective is like being able to see inside the client's home, inside the child's home and being able to, you know, interact with their toys and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you see that as a benefit with your daughter and your experience? Yeah. Um, well, the OT has come to our home once. Oh, okay. Um, so that she can assess our environment and to give us some feedback of how to create more sensory friendly room and you know mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So she has seen our house and she's seen where the toys are. And uh, so it is easy to access what we have on hand, um, such as like the, the, what is it? The, the spinning thing that she did. Um, astronaut therapy or it's, she has a spin board at the OT office and it's listening to sounds. Um, and then she has to track her eyes certain ways and then um, just spinning certain ways. Anyway, we don't have a spin board. So what we have is a stool chair that she can sit on that spins. spins. Okay. So it, you know, just utilizing what we have at home and just seeing, okay, that could be practical to use yeah. for. Yeah. Or what she's doing. 
Yeah. So a lot of the things that some of the clinic OTs like struggle with is that, especially if they're sensory based, um, like struggling finding equipment, like the swing, if a family doesn't have a swing or like mm-hmm. some other type of sensory, like a ball pit and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting saying that, that they use a chair. Like we talk about using, you know, my office chair to provide that vestibular input. And so getting creative and finding different ways to do the same things in the clinic as at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is she getting uh, speech therapy at all? Mm, oh, well, no, she was doing social thinking with a private uh, therapist, but, um, not currently. Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned you're looking forward to going back. Are they going to keep a hybrid model or are they going to keep, um, are you just going to go back until the shutdown happens? We'll see how it goes tomorrow to see, you know, if she has less distractions in her office, we may keep it a hybrid model just because it's half an hour drive back and forth. Um, yeah, but you know, definitely, um, when the COVID numbers go up and the state decides to lock down again, then definitely we'll go back to full time doing telehealth. Okay. So what kind of, um, activities is the OT engaging your daughter in one-on-one when it's just them? What is it like, is it like, um, like games on the game applications on the computer or is it more like physical movements when it's just them one-on-one? Oh, um, it's, Okay, so my daughter learns in a game format. Everything has to be some kind of challenge, mm. like food challenge or, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she does, when it was telehealth, she will put either uh, virtual bingo or virtual um, tic-tac-toe or something. Mm-hmm. So they, they take turns and then she hates doing any kind of gross motor movements but, you know, she pretends that my daughter's winning and, you know, okay, there's, you know, connect four or whatever. So there's virtual games that she puts on and they take turns that way mm-hmm. to motivate her. Yeah. I love that. Okay, occupational therapy listeners, please bear with me while I interrupt this great episode with Gina to tell you all about my 12-week business program. The Telehealth OT Accelerator includes weekly business workshops, group coaching calls, as well as virtual meetups and tech days where you learn everything you need to know to start your own telehealth private practice. Registration closes on August 27th, so be sure to check out the link in the show notes for more information. The program begins on August 31st, so don't delay. Now back to the show. When I decided to start this podcast, I was definitely like, it's not just going to be me talking. This is not going to be a one, one, you know, one person show. Like I wanted to bring in parent perspective because I think a lot of the OTs that are learning about um, telehealth are, are really only learning from those of us that have been doing telehealth, but not really able to reach out to people like you that have, you know, experience and what your thoughts on it and whether you know, whether you love it or hate it. And I told everyone um, that I'm bringing on here, like, I don't want to know whether you love it or hate it before. I don't want to be like biased and only bring in people that love it. I just want to bring in, bring on people that have had experience with it and can genuinely like share their thoughts. So I guess my, my next question for you is if a parent had to have a telehealth session, um, what would be your advice to them? If a child can handle a Zoom session because of the school, you know, uh, or 
um, school session because the school's been closed. If they can handle that, then I will say if there's incentive for them to um, fun activities or some kind of other incentives for them to sit in one-to-one -one session and enjoy that, I guess, you know, parents can try that. Um, at first, my daughter resisted, so we had to have some kind of reward system for her. Okay, then first, you know, you do this, and then you'll get to play with something else, whatever it was, the reward was. So, um, but when she realized it was going to be fun games, she was more, you know, uh, willing participant. So I, I really think it's, it depends on the child. And sometimes I had to sit next to her mm -hmm. just to motivate her enough. Um, or just be in the same room. I could be doing something in the background, but just let her know I'm watching you kind of. Yeah. Um, so if a child can in, in independently um, do that, that, that that would be great. It, it, then it will be worth the time to do that. Or if the child does not have the focus or attention or, you know, motivation to do Zoom sessions, then I would say at least parents can get consultation from the OT via telehealth. So we can apply whatever the, you know, practical advices that, that we can work on home, such as I told you about the food issues or mm -hmm. the clothing issues, whatever we're dealing with at home. Um, anxiety is another thing that we have to work with my daughter. So. Um, it is either way it's beneficial for the child and myself just to learn and to see what I can I use at home that's you know practical that I can use with my child right away yeah. yeah that's my favorite part about it is being able to use whatever you have in your home and not have to suggest extra equipment or have like extra things because you're there and if I remember correctly you're homeschooling right yeah, so your your home, I mean, theoretically, you can go out and stuff when you're homeschool, but, um, you, you know, your child is in that environment almost all the time. And so it's nice to be able to make those suggestions that just sometimes don't translate well from the clinic, just from talking about it, but actually being in your home and showing you and walking around and stuff. That being said, what device do you use? Do you use a laptop, a desktop, or a tablet, or your phone? I, we were using laptop because it's bigger screen. Mm. Um, there's one session when we just logged on with, we were using Google Chat for telehealth. And uh, there's a little screen that came up and a uh, pop-up message saying my husband's name. Um, we will be withdrawing for transferring $400 for payment of blah, blah, blah. And it had our address on it. Right. Uh, so I texted my husband and said, Hey, what's this $400 transfer or whatever. And my husband is an it and he goes, shut the computer down now. That's someone's <gasps> hacking in. Oh, and so, my God. um, so I, I, I told the OT, we have to stop right away. And then I'm, we're going to use the iPad instead. And so I shut it down and, he had to come later that night and just kind of, you know, well, he, he did say because everyone's using Zoom, mm. there's a lot of um, hackers that can use your information to hack into your computer, PC. And so he just told me just use iPads from now on. So now we're using iPads. Oh, interesting. So I love that. I always suggest a tablet anyway. I think that's my my 
preference for my clients to be on tablets. They can like take me around the house and the phone, not get an, a call interruption and the computer. I just feel like it's too bulky. And so I suggest a tablet, but now I'm going to suggest a tablet even more now that you told me that. Yeah. And he said PC, usually Apple products, people have hard time, you know, uh, getting into Apple products for, you know, um, hacking, hacking into, yeah. So, um, he was just saying, just don't deal with PC when you are doing, you know, teleconferencing. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, good to know. Let me think about any other questions I want to ask you. Um, there, uh, there was one OT, um, webinar that I just watched the other day. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Taka. Um, it is a um, autism group uh, that stands for Adult Autism Community in Action, and they have free webinars once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. And this was about OT extra um, activities at home because you know a lot of people don't even know about telehealth, and she mm -hmm. did mention telehealth. However, in 40 minutes she went from just about i feel like she has spent about from her own home her husband was you know filming her and uh just different ways to do vestibular uh, proprioceptive visual tracking fine motors gross motors it just just using stuff around home yeah um just adapting stuff around home i mean using kitchen utensils and whatnot and and she had like i was just like writing notes like mm -hmm. crazy but that lady had a lot of um great um suggestions yeah i love that i know so many people have stepped up to make videos to give ideas to um everybody because so many people have got to go telehealth and didn't know where to start so yeah the website is talk on now i don't know if it's dot org or dot com yeah we love getting new resources so thank you for that yeah it's called talkonow.org and um if you scroll down there's um family resources webinars so once a month webinars are free there's a mentor program for uh it's free mentor mentorship program they connect um, newly diagnosed moms to or parents, I should say, mom, usually moms, parents to more seasoned parents in their local area. Oh, I love that. So, um, I, because I'm on a you know remote island, I was being men, I'm being mentored by another mom who has two teenagers on the spectrum uh, on different island, and uh, not only does it provide emotional moral support but just local resources what's available that is awesome i'm definitely going to look into that and i'm going to share it in the show notes for everybody yeah this is only for the yeah this is only for us uh, for our country okay yeah we do have a global audience on the um on the facebook group and i imagine we'll have a glo global audience on the podcast but so this is only us based this looks like a very good resource they have virtual coffee talks now. They used to have, you know, just in-person coffee talks bi-monthly. Oh, Parents okay. would meet to have coffee and just talk about different resources, resources, but now it's all virtual. Yeah. By local chapters. I love that. I love that they've been able to transition 
um, all their stuff to virtual and not leave everybody hanging. Cause you know, we were just talking about on my last interview about, you know, when you first get a diagnosis and then like what happens after that, it's like, you're kind of just like left in the dust to just so, like figure so things they, out. Um, they do have, if you go on family resources, they, there's a blueprint for the newly diagnosed parents. Oh, nice. uh, you know, step by step, you know, okay, the, there's a traditional therapies, uh, you know, and then getting set up for IEPs, then getting set up for supplements and just diets, this whole list of uh, things that they have for newly diagnosed parents. I love that. Look at this. Very good. I'm on here right now looking at the website. I love it. It's pretty comprehensive. And they're all research-based and pretty comprehensive. Mm. Yeah, that's, su that's super important. All right. Any advice to any of the OTs that are listening who have had to transition to telehealth um, or maybe doing a hybrid model? What do you have to say to, to OTs to maybe help them engage with children or help them to communicate with moms? I know some of the OTs are struggling with kind of convincing parents, I guess, to telehealth if they're apprehensive or if they're so overwhelmed and busy or just maybe don't believe in it and don't believe in the effectiveness. I don't know if the, the OTs can do a group um, webinars just for their own cli clients who are interested in the parent training. Mm. So the parents don't feel like they're just, you know, weird alone. Or, I don't know. That, that, that could be one idea. Um, yeah, like a parent workshop. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, or send them a, a, I don't know, if they can just pre-record some ideas and then send them mm -hmm. to parents to watch at their own leisure just to show them what it'll be like. Because um, yeah. if they don't, they haven't had any exposure to telehealth. I mean, we do telehealth for my daughter's MAPS doctor. So we're just used to telehealth. And then um, we were going to do ABA telehealth as well, but in, now it's in person. But um, it is so much easier. Yeah. The accessibility is so much easier and just not knowing how the future will be. Um, it, it's just a way of life, unfortunately for now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely let more parents know about it so that the more parents can get trained, even though their kids are not ready, they have more, you know, tools to use around home. So, yeah, I love that. Well, Gina, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to share your perspective. I know the OTs listening to the podcast will appreciate it. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your story with us. No problem. And um, I just do, you know, OT was the first thing that we started and we will continue on until she doesn't have sensory issues, which will take a while. But I, I give my props to all the OTs. You guys are wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Take Bye. care. Bye. If you're an occupational therapist and you want to know more about telehealth, be sure to join the Telehealth OT Facebook group for more information. I'll catch you on the next episode.